this I Forgive Sunday, but there's also in some countries around us uh, a, a National Forgiveness Week to, to recognize the value and the significance of what happens in our lives when we forgive other people. Now, it's not about God forgiving us. We already know that God forgives us, and I'm going to talk about that in a few moments, but, but it's about us understanding the significance of what happens when we forgive other people. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but is there someone you need to forgive? <laughs> is, is there someone that just has wound you up the wrong way and just gone a bit too far and you just need to let something go? I don't, I don't know. There's all sorts of things happen to us in our life that we need to uh, release ourselves from. And so I want to share a little bit about that this morning, about unlocking the power of forgiveness when we forgive other people the benefit that flows into our lives from that. Now, I'm going to begin by just sharing a little bit about what some, uh, some the world says about this, uh, because there's, there's sometimes value in that. Uh, then we're going to talk about mostly this morning about what God says about this. That's what I'm excited about and want to get to this morning. But uh, even governments know that relationships matter. And they know that forgiveness matters, resolving relationships. That's why they actually fund some of the events that promote generically the idea of forgiveness as a, as a community value uh, in our society. So what, what do psychologists say about this? Um, only a few months ago, November 22, an article put out by the Mayo Clinic, one of the world's most respected uh, health and well-being institutes uh, in the U.S., says, letting go of grudges and bitterness can make way for improved health and peace of mind. Forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships, improved mental health. Now, just put yourself in this little frame right now, if this is you. If there's someone that you need to forgive, you might need to just troll back a little bit in your mind. But uh, think about this. This is for you. Improved mental health, less anxiety, stress and hostility, fewer symptoms of depression, Lower blood pressure, a stronger immune system. It's a pretty big list. Improved heart health and improved self-esteem. That's by the Mayo Clinic about what happens when you forgive people. And there's other studies. In fact, there are numerous scientific research studies about this. But one other study says that shown people who are more forgiving live longer. They are happier and more hopeful. I think we'd want that. Wouldn't, isn't that what, would you like that? I think we'd want... What excites me about that is that science is catching up because God's been telling us this for 2,000 years, all the benefits of forgiving, and, and science is finally catching up. So I just really like that. So let's, let's look at what God says about forgiveness and why forgiveness matters, why it matters. Um, in Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 18, there's two amazing passages about this, about forgiveness, that will help us to, to get a handle on this today, why it matters and what the benefits are for us uh, as God says it for us. So Matthew 18 to 15, let's read it. If a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. Now, it could be a her, not just always a him, you know, it might be a her. Work it out between the two of you if he or she listens, you've made a friend. If he won't listen, take one or two others along so that the presence of witnesses will keep things honest and try again. 
Now, this, this is really simple, folks. This, this is not rocket science at all here. It's really simple, but uh, it's important for us because in all of my years, quite a few of them, I've, I've rarely seen this ever actually happen because usually we take the easy way out and we just find someone who will agree with us, help us nurse our offense or our grudge. We don't usually do what Jesus said to do. However, let's keep going. If he still won't, he or she still won't listen, tell the church. I think it's talking about the church leadership there, by the way, not the whole church. If he won't listen to the church, you'll have to start over from scratch, confront them with the need for repentance and offer again God's forgiving love. Now, does that sound simple? I never said easy. No one's saying it's easy, but it's understandable. You can get your head around that, can't you? You don't, you, no one wants to own up to this. No one wants to say yes. But <laughs> it's actually not that complicated, but I know, I know that it's not easy to do. I'm going to share with you in a few moments some things that will make it easier for you, but it really is something that God has given for our benefit, for your benefit and my benefit. If we will do this, just what it says right there. Let's go to the next slide because we're going to talk about What's at stake? And now I just gave you a list of what scientific research says, the health benefits. Let's look at this, the, next, the very next verse. Take this most seriously. In other words, when we do actually do this, when we forgive one another and re- relationships are restored, this is what happens. Take this most seriously. A yes on earth is yes in heaven. A no on earth is no in heaven. What is that telling you? It's telling us that there's spiritual authority attached to this. That when we get this right, we're going to grow in spiritual authority individually. Because you know you're not tied back to things. You know you're not still trying to deal with stuff from your past. God's power can be at work through you. What you say to one another is eternal. I mean this. When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. What that's saying there is that when we get forgiveness right, when we start to do this and actually practice this and relationships are restored, what happens is God begins to work on our behalf. When we pray about stuff, things begin to happen because we're not being held back. We're not being hindered. We're not, there isn't things going to trip us up all the time. And God is just working on your behalf. And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. That's the third thing, that we have the promise of God's personal presence with us when we get this right. So is this okay? You know, I feel like you're kind of a bit stunned by this or maybe I'm going too hard or I don't know, but... We've got to get this right, folks. And when we do, there's huge spiritual benefits as well as the incredible health benefits for us. You're going to live longer. You're going to be happier and healthier and more hopeful. But look at the spiritual benefits that come from this. God is going to be at work on your, on your side and, and um, His 
personal presence will be with you there. Um, what I like about this is that it says when you, are, when you come together, now a lot of earlier translations say when you are gathered together, it's actually a little bit more accurate to say gathered together. When you are gathered together in my name, and if you look at the original uh, language there, it does say specifically gathered together. And what it means is it's not just like um, finding yourself talking to someone at the bus stop, you know, or, or the taxi rank, you know. It's not just a coincidence. Oh, you're in the shop and you just talk. It's not talking about just being together. It's, there's a gathering happening here. And I actually think it's talking about God doing something supernaturally, bringing his church together. Now, I'm not talking about just us. There's lots and lots of local churches in the city that are all of the expressions of the body of Christ. Of course, we understand that. But when people come together and are, and are together, it says, because of me. When you are gathered together because of me, because of Jesus, that means to me, it's saying, we've understood what he says about relationships and about forgiveness and about working through things that uh, get rid of the obstacles and the blockages in our relationships. So I'm going to talk about this morning how to forgive someone. And that's just a few points here. How to forgive someone. I want to try and make it a bit easier for you because God is saying we really need to do this, all of us. And so let's, let's talk about how to forgive someone. Number one, and my first point is probably the most significant one. It's like, goes like this. Remember how much you've been forgiven. So if we start off from that point, if we start knowing and remembering and focusing on how much I've been forgiven, how much you've been forgiven by God, it just makes it a whole lot easier for us to forgive other people. And let's read what it says here. You know, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 18, 23. Before we do, you know, one of the greatest expressions of God's love for us, one of the most profound ways that His love is expressed toward us is in the way He has forgiven us, the way He has forgiven you. You know, without question, without limitation, without reserve, and without expecting anything in return. God doesn't forgive you because you tick these boxes. He doesn't forgive you up to a certain limit. He forgives you unreservedly, unconditionally, without reserve, without question, without expecting anything in return. Now, we've got to get our heads around that because that's not human. That's not a human characteristic, is it? Does anyone find, would you find that easy to do? I, I, don't, I hope no one puts their hand up because it's just not something that we easily do but we can if we get a handle on this. Okay, Matthew 18, 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought who owed him a lot of money, millions of dollars. Now, I studied the original language in this, and uh, it's actually a lot of millions. If you really want to look into it, those studious people go back in it. It's, it's actually, it says 10,000 talents. In the, now, a talent is not a coin, it's a weight. And it's actually referring to truckloads of bullion. I'm telling you, that, that servant borrowed a lot of money. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold. Just made me think of Elon Musk. No, no, no. So he, he, he sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. 
We need to put ourselves in that situation. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. It shows you how wealthy the master is, doesn't it? And this guy owned, owes the master truckloads of gold or silver bullion. And the master says, nah, it's okay, you can let it go. Our God is not short of resources, okay? But when the men left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. And he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. And his fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me. Oh, pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested, put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Now, we won't read the rest of the story, but it basically says the king found out about this. And he called the first servant in. And he read the riot act. He reinstated the big debt. And he threw him in prison to be tortured until he paid the whole lot. And he's basically saying, just think about this. Understand how much we've been forgiven and don't hold it against other people who owe us a tiny little bit. That's what he's really saying. That's the message. Just imagine how you would feel if you got an email or a message from the tax office that said, oh, sorry, we made a mistake on your last tax return and we're fixing it up and we're sending you a check here uh, for $20,000 as compensation for our mistake. Ever had, had a t- No, you haven't had an email like that, have you? But that's okay. Just imagine how you would feel. Or if you heard a letter from the, your solicitor saying, oh, um, a distant relative of yours whom you've never met died and left you a million dollars in his will. How would you feel about that? You know, you'd feel... That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Okay. Would you, the next day, go straight over to your neighbor who borrowed five bucks from you last week and demand instant payment? Would you do that? I hope no one here puts their hand up. I hope. Because that would be a pretty lousy thing to do, wouldn't it? Well, that's, but here's the point. If we don't forgive other people, whatever their issue is or their offense is with us, it shows that we're not understanding and appreciating the incredible weight of magnitude of what God has forgiven us for. That's what this story is all about. Just realize how we have all offended God and what the value of that forgiveness is for us. Here's a question. Could it be that our love for God is small because we don't understand how much we've been forgiven by God? Could it be? Or could it be that we judge others because we think our sin is small and their sin is greater? It could be. But we just don't understand that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory and the standard that he has set for us. It's so important, friends, that we become, that we are forgiveness conscious rather than sin conscious. I'm going to just turn this slightly here now about our relationship with God. It's so important for you and I to become forgiveness conscious rather than sin conscious because the devil is always going to be sitting on your shoulder trying to remind you of your own failures and your own sins. He'll always be doing that and bringing condemnation into your life. And if you can turn and just
tick him off and say, hey, listen, the Bible says that Jesus died on the cross to forgive me and that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, that I'm, I don't need to be fearful. It says on, on the day when I stand before God, I can be bold on the day of judgment because I know that as Jesus is in this world, so am I. I've been forgiven by him. If we can get that forgiveness consciousness in our hearts, we're going to be much more able to resist everything that the enemy throws at us. It's so important to be forgiveness conscious. In our world. When, when we are forgiveness conscious, what, what, is, what happens is it helps us overcome sin in our lives. It helps us to, yeah, that's true. You know, because the, the devil's always trying to get to tempt you based on your past behavior and saying, well, you know, you failed last week. You're, you're always going to be failing. You know, we've got to get that understanding that Jesus died in our place and that you are a child of God, loved by him. I am loved by him. That's who I am. That's who I am. It helps you to overcome sin. It also breaks the stronghold of offense in our lives because we know that we've been forgiven so much. How can we hold things against other people? It just doesn't make sense anymore. And then it helps us to actually forgive and release other people uh, from that stranglehold that can be in our life. So the first thing is remembering how much I've been forgiven. Second thing, to, to, to be able to forgive, uh, I've got to give up my right to be hurt, my right to be offended, or my right to get revenge. Giving up my right to get revenge. That's pretty powerful. You know, Romans 12 says this, don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. God says, I'll do the judging. I'll take care of it, God says. Now, you know, uh, yeah, just, just encourage you to take hold of that verse. God says, you don't need to judge because I will, I will do it for you. I, I'm going to I'll sort things all out at the end of time. They'll, they'll be sorted out. Let God act as your vindication. Let him, let him vindicate you in what you need to do. Now, friend, it's so foreign to our culture to, um, to think like this. It's so foreign. That's why the word forgive in the Greek language is this word, aphiemi, and it means, it means to, to push away from yourself. Now, it doesn't mean... It doesn't mean to push people away from yourself. It just means to push away the offense and to push away the, um, the, the pain of that, but also the connection, to push away that thing that's binding you. Let go of it. Let, let it go. That's what the word means. To forgive means to let go of, to let go of. That's why we have to give up. I've got to give up my right to revenge, the Bible says. There's a great story about Leonardo da Vinci. Now, you'd, you'd know Leonardo da Vinci was one of the greatest thinkers, the greatest minds of all time, and, and um, he's a great engineer and a great architect and a great, uh, you know, scientist in every way. But he was also one of the greatest painters, the, one of the greatest Renaissance painters of all time. And in his painting of the Lord's Supper, uh, you might have... Um, actually, I should have got one and stuck it up on the screen, but the, you, you've heard of the Lord's... The, Da Vinci's painting of the Lord's Supper, okay? It said that before he did that painting, that he had a, a massive fallout with a fellow painter. And um, uh, it, was, it was a 
you know, he just couldn't resolve it. It was a serious offense. And so he started to paint the 12 disciples uh, in the Lord's Supper. And he started off with Judas Iscariot. And he determined that he would paint the face of his enemy on the face of Judas Iscariot. <laughs> so he did. He painted it like that. And then the next one was he started to paint Jesus. And he started to paint the face of Jesus, but he couldn't. Something was, he couldn't do it. He just, it, it was like he was blocked. He couldn't do it. And then he realized, oh, that's my enemies right there. And he got rid of that. He painted that out. And then he could paint the face of Jesus. So here's the point, friends. We can't paint our own face, Jesus, into our own face and at the same time be painting hatred or something else into the face of some other person. We just can't. We've got to let go of those offenses that block and hinder and bind us so that we can uh, allow the work of God into our, into our own life. Thirdly, release that person from your judgment. Just release that person from your judgment. Now, it doesn't mean to say that you're condoning what they're doing. No, no one's saying that. You don't need to uh, you know, condone or accept uh, wrong behavior, assuming it is wrong behavior, because sometimes we get these things mixed up, don't we? And we make judge, judgments unnecessarily. But, but you're not condoning what that person did. What you're doing is you are untying or disconnecting yourself from the offense of the past and that problem in the past. You're disconnecting yourself from that so that you can be free, so you can move on. Now, you might say, you might think, I'm letting them off the hook. You want me to let them off the hook? No, no, no. You want to let yourself off the hook. When you forgive that person, you are letting yourself off the hook. That's what we all need. We need to extract ourselves from the, being tied back to those experiences of the past. We do that by forgiving and pushing that away from ourselves. Not pushing people away, but pushing the pain and that experience. Let Release that person from your judgment. And so you, you've got to make a decision here. These, these are decisions we have to make, you know, to, um, to step away from that world's way of thinking. You know, and I, like I've heard this so many times over the years, things like, oh, I could never forgive that person for what they did or what they did to me or, or whatever. I, I will never. I could never forgive that person. You know what? That's the world's way of thinking. And, and if you and I are to... Are to to get this right and be obedient to what Jesus said, we've got to step aside from what the world says. So I'm going to do it God's way. I'm actually going to forgive that person. I am. And look, there are lots of stories I could have told about people who've done that in very, very difficult circumstances. People who've been really violated in very bad ways who came to the point of forgiving. Um, in, in fact, that's the reason why this is proclaimed officially I Forgive Sunday because of a couple, a family in Sydney three years ago who were driving along a footpath. This story is so horrific. They were walking along the footpath one afternoon and this drunk, drug-affected guy, when his car were out of control, came on the footpath and killed four children, three of their children and one other friend with them. Killed them outright, just like that. And, and they, this, this Christian couple, this Christian couple, found it in their heart over time to forgive that person and through a whole process that went after that they were able to get official government recognition this is a day 
of recognition of forgiveness because it's got so many benefits for us that we have to we have to do this we have to come to this point release that person from your judgment and so um it's it's so contrary to the world's way of thinking you know um people in the world thinking you know i'll never forgive that person or what's the 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 mod the trendy thing lately the cancel culture idea you know oh uh, that person doesn't exist to me anymore I don't like them. I don't like, so therefore I'll just cancel them. They're gone. That's, you know what? That is so childish. And I hope that you, uh, if you've ever said anything like that, I hope that you can turn around and, you know, let that go. Let it, let it go. That's childish. Listen, listen to what uh, the Apostle Paul said writing to the, to the church at Corinth. He said, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. And so let the Spirit of God strengthen you in your heart if you are suffering from some deep offense in your life. Let Him strengthen you. Let Him pour His life into you today. Let Him give you the capacity and and the resilience that you need to be able to face up to some of these things and maybe uh, let that go, if that's your situation. Here's, Here's another thing, the fourth point. Pray for God to bless that person. Just pray for God to bless them. You know, that's one way of, if you can do that, if you can come to the point of asking God, God, I pray that you'll bless that person more than you've blessed me. That's a good measure, a good indicator if you have actually been able to let, let that thing go, let it go in your life. You know, I say to him, well, that's, that's not natural. Sure, it's not natural. It is not natural to do that. It's supernatural. And if you can get that, you'll be blessed. If you can bless that person, you will be blessed. The day you decide to forgive that person, your release begins, and so does there. Here's the last thing, and I'm nearly finished. Well, I am basically finished. Uh, in fact, if we can ask our creative team to come back up on the stage, would be good right now. Deal with it quickly, because there, there's an urgency here, um, the Bible says. In, in Ephesians chapter 4, it says this, Don't let sin, don't sin, by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So what it's really saying is that, is that when we deal with these things more quickly, and you know, um, the, the enemy can't get a foothold in your life. It's, um, it's so important, so important to, to be able to do this. So just... just in conclusion this morning is there someone that you need to forgive is there someone that you need to go to and you know just something you need to let go of so that you can move on you know maybe this morning you're here and you're just beginning to grasp today the magnitude of God's forgiveness for you or maybe that's coming as a new level a new revelation in your own heart the forgiveness of God you can can we just close our eyes for a moment because i I want to pray for every one of us here lord i pray for every person gathered in this room this morning and i know that your heart and your desire is for those things that we spoke about spiritual authority you want us lord god to know that you're at work in our lives you want us to know that your presence is with us every day lord that, that there'll be no blockage there'll be no hindrance there'll be nothing 
standing between, between us and your deep and profound working in our lives. And I pray, Holy Spirit, this morning that you would just uh, touch every person here. And, and Lord, what we need, Lord, you can supply. You do supply. You have supplied everything that we need. Everything that we need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. I want us to sing that, the chorus, that song, that last song about you're a good, good father. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. And I pray this morning as we sing the song through that you can get a hold of this, that your, who you are as a person, your identity can be uh, grounded in the reality of God and who He is and His love for you, His love for you. Can we stand? Can we all stand in God's presence this morning?